This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead at what to expect from the State House next week and get commentary from Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about what's not being focused on at the State House. The problems facing College Illinois, sports betting, and more. First, here are some of the top stories from the past week. Some of the state house are preparing to move forward with a $2 billion gas tax increase for infrastructure while also looking at giving municipalities more ability to impose taxes on top of that. State Senator Martin Sandoval said motorists should expect a push to double the state's gas tax from $0.19 cents to $0.38 cents a gallon heading into the home stretch of spring session. An amendment to Senate Bill 103 would also increase the annual vehicle registration fee by $50 and $130 more for electric vehicle registration and also doubles the fee for driver's licenses. A fact sheet from the International Union of Operating Engineers says all the proposed increases would raise an additional $2 billion. Sandoval said, despite studies showing Illinois is already the highest taxed state, I believe that if we want to be a leader on on our infrastructure, as well as provide some uh, uh, relief to local uh, communities in regards to some of their institutions, I think they, uh, they would appreciate uh, a, a capital bill that's financed with uh, newer forms of revenues. He said in a separate bill, and he expects to be heard next week in committee, would allow local governments to impose a gas tax on top of the state's gas tax for local roads and infrastructure projects. They have a better understanding of what's important to them than perhaps us in Springfield. Rockford Republican State Representative Joseph Znowski said increasing the motor fuel tax will hit working families. That especially hurts uh, lower income folks who are just trying to make ends meet. Illinoisans already pay some of the highest taxes in the country, he said. We're, we're hearing a lot about more tax and not about how do we save money. Znowski said state governments could work to consolidate operations, end poorly performing grant programs, and find other efficiencies rather than just increasing taxes. Illinois' governor says small businesses in Illinois should pay higher taxes or else the state's finances will get worse. Governor J.B. Pritzker visited Belleville City Hall earlier in the week and was backed by mayors from the Metro East area. They were promoting changing the state constitution's flat income tax to a structure where taxpayers pay higher taxes and higher rates based off how much they make. That includes businesses. I believe that it's fair to ask the 3% at the top to pay a little bit more so that we can get this state moving again, so we can actually get past all the fiscal challenges. Lawmakers less than two years ago increased income taxes by $5 billion over former Governor Bruce Rauner's veto, and they spent every bit of it and then some. Now Pritzker wants to change the Constitution and implement progressive rates, again taxing higher earners at higher rates, to capture $3.4 billion more in revenue. What's the plan if three-fifths of voters don't approve the change? Pritzker said, after paying all the state's bills. You're left with about $19 billion, and that's where you'd have to make cuts, and it's in public safety. It's in education. It's in economic development. It's in universities. Republican State Representative Blaine Wilhauer said increasing the flat rate of 4.95% to a progressive tax of 7.75% or higher for anyone making more than $250,000 a year, including small business owners, It'll mean fewer jobs. It's not going to be good. It's a job killing tax. There's no doubt about that. You know, we need to be working on lowering taxes and cutting our spending. He said Illinois needs to grow revenue by growing the economy, and that's with tax cuts and reforms to grow the state's economy. 
we've got all of these promises and we've got a shrinking tax base. So, you know, the taxpayers are going to be on the hook for this no, no matter what. For Pritzker's proposed change from the flat tax to a progressive tax, three-fifths of both the House and Senate, and then on to voters, would have to agree to change the state's constitution. A university pollster said the failure to be transparent by a group with a poll showing favor for a progressive tax raises questions about the outcome's accuracy. Think Big Illinois, linked to Governor J.B. Pritzker, released a poll showing 64% support for Pritzker's proposed progressive tax plan. However, the group declined to release the survey questions used in the poll. Paul Simon Public Policy Institute's John Jackson said the lack of transparency is, quote, a bad sign. A measure one Illinois lawmaker says will give non-home rule communities the ability to generate revenue for storm sewer maintenance is being called a rain tax by another. Chicago Heights Democratic State Representative Anthony DeLuca explained his House Bill 825. And what it would allow is non-home rule municipalities the ability to charge a fee to maintain their stormwater sewer system. The measure passed a House committee this week. East Dundee Republican State Representative Alan Skillicorn said the measure would allow rain to be taxed by, as the bill states, allowing stormwater utility charges to offset the cost of owning, maintaining, and improving local stormwater infrastructure. And it's a fee, so it's not tax deductible. It's also something a church would have to pay this, businesses. It's also unlimited. So this theoretically, 10, 15 years from now, could be the biggest tax hike Illinois has ever seen. Skillicorn said the bill should be voted down. The idea of taxing rainwater is ridiculous. The idea of giving municipalities unlimited taxing power is ridiculous. DeLuca said an existing law allows home rule governments to charge a fee to maintain stormwater sewer systems. He said his bill would allow non-home rule governments to do the same. So this would authorize them to do that. If a non-home rule chooses not to implement this, they don't have to. This is not a mandate. This is not a fee increase. This is not a tax increase. It's an authorization bill. DeLuca said he plans on calling the bill for a full vote in the Illinois House. Illinois lawmakers heard from municipal officials Thursday on the idea of consolidating their pensions, giving them first-in-line privileges for local spending. Cole Lauterbach has the story. Illinois currently has more than 650 local police and fire pension funds. Many of them are poorly equipped to pay for their oncoming retiree costs. The Illinois Municipal League and others are proposing to consolidate them. Mount Prospect Mayor Arlene Jurasek says state's local pension funds staff thousands of pension board trustees. That require training, have their own investment managers, business managers, attorneys, actuaries, and accountants. James McNamee, president of the Illinois Public Pension Fund Association, opposed consolidation, saying police and fire pension funds are underfunded in comparison to the Illinois Municipal Retirement Fund because there was no law requiring funding until 2011. You had the, the dinner table and there's uh, one child that gets the full meal and the other child gets a little half meal over there because that one has to be paid and the other ones didn't. Their proposals include merging with the Illinois Municipal Retirement Fund, consolidating into a new fund that has similar rules to IMRF or partially consolidating the funds, many of which are poorly funded. Illinois Municipal League President Brad Cole says taxpayers are continually paying higher taxes to shore up the funds. We have to represent the taxpayer in this equation because we cannot keep paying more uh, and getting less. Sean Smoot with the Police Benevolent Protective Association of Illinois opposed consolidation, saying the state has given police and fire funds the ability to have control or redirect state funds to the pension if the city doesn't pay what it owes. I think there's a lot of convincing, as Mr. Bodievi said. I think there's a lot of, uh, of additional study that needs to be done. Cole says the pension funds are approximately 55% funded on average. I'm Cole Lauterbach.
And the Illinois State Capitol was temporarily shut down Wednesday by Illinois Secretary of State Police because it was at capacity with anti-abortion groups flooding the halls as part of a lobbying effort. Before the halls were filled with anti-abortion groups from around the state, State Senator Melinda Bush said the abortion measures she supports are meant to keep the medical procedure legal and safe. Most of us know that this is really under attack by our president, who has said that women that have abortions should go to prison. I think there is, you know, questions certainly about how conservative the Supreme Court is. This is just making sure that we continue to protect a woman's right to choose and make sure that women are able to make the decisions that they need to make about their reproductive health. A Republican State Representative Terry Bryant said the bills being advanced by Democrats go above and beyond keeping abortion legal in Illinois. One measure, she said, allows for abortions of any kind. She said despite winning the governor's mansion, Governor J.B. Pritzker does not have a mandate, as he said, to make Illinois the most progressive states for reproductive rights. Not everyone votes, but I promise you on this issue, you'll find that if you look at the witness slips in opposition of these bills, both in the House and the Senate, we're talking about tens of thousands. Other supporters of a woman's choice say that's the measure. It's necessary to ensure women are safe, but State Representative Avery Bourne, who's 24 weeks pregnant, said that there are measures allowing abortions for any reason beyond just the health of the mother. I mean, I have a healthy baby, I'm healthy, and um, the people who are pushing this uh, would say that it could be my decision to you know, end his life when he has a 62% chance of living if he were born today. The Illinois Supreme Court was busy this week. It decided it won't hear a challenge to a law allowing more tax dollars for all abortions, including for state workers. Another denial the Supreme Court gave was to not take up the verdict of the former Chicago cop that killed a teenager. And the justices released a unanimous decision allowing stun guns or tasers to be carried without a permit. A measure allowing for schools in Illinois to teach a class on hunting safety found bipartisan support in the House committee. The measure from Democratic State Representative Monica Bristow would require the Illinois State Board of Education to make hunting safety curriculum available for schools to use, but wouldn't mandate schools to teach it. And Illinois State Police Acting Director Brendan Kelly says the agency is strengthening its division of forensic services. The efforts include working on legislation to help reduce DNA testing delays, increasing the number of crime scene investigators and other efforts. ISP's Forensic Services has six labs across the state processing assignments for local law enforcement. Those are the top stories of the week. Find more online at ilnews.org. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. And welcome back to the Illinois News Network, Illinois in Focus Crosstalk segment. It's Chris Crew, publisher of INN, joined again today by Dan McCaleb, the executive editor of the Illinois News Network. Dan, how's it going? Things are going well, Chris. Uh, weather seems to be starting to turn a little bit in our favor. Baseball season's just around the corner. 
so some th- positive things to look forward to. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I cannot wait. Uh, the NCAA tournament uh, tips off. We're actually taping this on Thursday. The NCAA tournament tips off, I guess, formally today. Um, we'll talk about that at the end at the end of the crosstalk. But I wanted to start today, if we could just jump right into it, with what people aren't talking about in Springfield. And you had a column this week uh, that ran across INN uh, about state pension issue. Not a topic of conversation at the Capitol. What's going on there, Dan? Yeah, it's it's really surprising and kind of pathetic, actually, for for years, um, everybody in the state has known that the, the state's five public pension systems are the most significant um, impediment to Illinois' f- uh, fiscal health. $134 billion, underfunded by $134 billion, billion. Um, the state's budget is only about $29 billion. So imagine trying to pay down $134 Four billion dollars, and that—that's a conservative estimate. Um, some um, financial advisors say it's closer to two hundred billion dollars because it says the state overestimates uh, its returns on investments. Um, but while it's been a topic in Springfield for years now, this year lawmakers have gone strangely silent on it. Nobody's talking. There's no no legislation is moving to try and fix this problem. And what? And your thought on that is. There, there won't be any, any legislation brought forward to address that problem this year because your feeling is that the Dems are going all in on this progressive tax push. So there's no reason to address this as a singular issue or even as a, an issue. You, you, you said there, there are five separate funds, and I think most people in Illinois don't realize that that each that there are you know delineated funds depending on what kind of work you might do for you know for the state. But you're feeling like this is going to be something that doesn't get addressed at all this year because it's going to be addressed as part of the progressive tax. Yeah, I, I, the pro- progressive tax and other tax taxes and tax increases. Um, it looks like the majority party is putting all of their eggs in the basket of increased revenue, not looking to um, uh, in any way cut back on uh, pension costs, but hoping to pay their way out of it by ta- by by furthering um, tax hikes uh, 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 on Illinois residents. What, there's two aspects of that that's extremely uh, short-sighted and dangerous. One, the state constitution guarantees uh, a flat tax. Um, so in order to institute a progressive tax in which higher wage earners are taxed at higher percentages, uh, they need to state uh, change the state constitution. And that's not an easy thing. It, it takes a supermajority of lawmakers in both chambers, the House and the Senate, to approve a constitutional amendment to be put on the ballot. Um, the earliest it can get on the ballot is uh, November of 2020. And then a supermajority of voters, 60% plus one, would need to approve it at the ballot box for them to inst- institute a progressive tax in 2021. Essentially, they're further kicking the can down the road on what is the top financial crisis in this state. 
Well, I appreciate your take on that, and um, we will continue to monitor this, and I'm you know, hopeful that you know someone in Springfield, whether they're on the Dem side or on the Republican side, will force the issue of discussion. There is some legislation out there, as, as um, Governor Pritzker and Democrats uh, want to change the state constitution to allow for a progressive tax. Um, state constitution currently also says that pensions cannot be diminished. Meaning you cannot, uh, pensions right. that have already been earned, um, uh, for example, all pensioners, all people in the system uh, get a 3% compounded cost of living increase every year. Um, and that's that's largely what's uh, contributed to this $134 billion uh, pension debt. Um, uh, there's some legislation out there to change the Constitution um, to uh, remove the diminishment clause. It's Republican uh, legislation, but it's not going anywhere because the Democrats won't even give it a hearing. Mm. Well, thanks for your take on that. It, something else that, that's sort of uh, warm right now, I mean, obviously, you know, that was your opinion. That's the, the piece that you contributed to to uh, Illinois News Network this past week. But I think also on the mind of a lot of Illinois parents and grandparents would be these issues that have arisen with College Illinois, which is the prepaid tuition plan. There's Bright Start Illinois, which is a 529 college savings plan that works largely like a, you know, sort of a set aside account where you get to make a little bit of money without taxation for purpose of using, uh, for the purpose of using that money to fund a, a, a child's college education. But College Illinois is the prepaid program where you lock in a tuition amount in the year in which you buy it. And that program has had problems in the past and they've identified a shortfall that's pretty specific. And if, essentially, if they cannot fill the gap, which I believe we reported was $300 million, by 2026, that the program will be uh, basically broke. Uh, fill in the gaps for me on that, if you could. Yeah, essentially, um, another sad story of, of Illinois government over-promising and under-delivering program sounds like a, a, a great one. Parents, new parents, you have a, a you know, a newborn, a, a, a young child in the house, you can lock in tuition rates 15, 18 years down the road um, to what the current amount is and pay into this um, tuition program. But it largely was going to rely on returns on investment, which if they overestimated, of course, um, and uh, it's, it's fallen far short. So, um, if essentially, if taxpayers, statewide taxpayers, um, don't bail the program out, it's going to run out of money in 2026 and not be able to meet future uh, obligations. So you know, it's uh, it's that time of year. You know, we talked about sort of kind of coming out of spring. It is March. We are in the March Madness season, and uh, the topic of gambling and uh, state-sanctioned sports gaming. Uh, is back in the news. There is a proposal. It's actually sort of an, a, an amendment of a previously proposed idea from a past legislative session to legalize sports gambling in Illinois. And it comes on the day of the first real games in the NCAA tournament. So tell us about what's going on there and um, what do uh, Illinoisans need to know? 
Yeah, yeah, it was filed today by um, State Representative Mike Zalewski, who's the chair of the House Revenue and Finance uh, Committee. And as you said, it was four amendments to previously filed uh, legislation. Uh, legislation was uh, filed last year after a U.S. Supreme Court case said that all U.S. states, not just Nevada, um, can approve sports gambling if they so choose. Um, and Illinois, after the uh, after the hearing, some Illinois lawmakers uh, filed some legislation to legalize sports gambling uh, in the state, but it hasn't really gone anywhere. So Representative uh, Zaleski's um, amendments are meant to move this forward. He said his his committee, the committee he chairs, will start taking up the topic uh, in in hearings next week. And um, what's somewhat important, critical about it, whether you believe in uh, sports gambling or not, whether you support it or not, uh, Governor Pritzker's budget counts on his his proposed budget for fiscal 2020 counts on 382 million dollars in revenue from sports gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, so if 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 a law doesn't get passed um, to approve sports gambling in Illinois, um, that's 382 million dollars shorter that uh, uh, Pritzker's budget will be to being balanced. So, you know, there's something always, I think, something very interesting about uh, quote-unquote vice taxes, V-I-C-E taxes. And, and, you know, the sports gambling, the idea there would be, you know, to simply have the state capitalize on an existing gray market, black market business where people are wagering on, you know, um, I don't know, sports betting lines or or, um, UFC fights or whatever the case might be. I mean, if you can, if it's something that's being contested between two people and it involves a ball or, or someone punching somebody else in the face, uh, somebody's wagering money that person A is going to be person B and, and there's enough action and uh, on that, that, uh, that, that certainly people can step into that breach and make some money on it. If the state were to legalize uh, sports gambling, one of the things, and and this is, I think, runs very much down the, the line of um, legalizing uh, marijuana for recreational purposes, which again would be a, a vice tax. Is you know, can the state be competitive with these existing gray and black markets? Well, Dan, um, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I, I look forward to talking with you again next week about the events that are transpiring in Springfield and across the state of Illinois. Sounds good. Uh, Enjoyed it as always. Uh, uh, See you next week. For executive editor Dan McCaleb, this has been Chris Krug, publisher of the Illinois News Network. You've been listening to Illinois Crosstalk on the Illinois Radio Network and on podcasts worldwide. Now to Greg Bishop with a look at what's ahead in Springfield next week. Next week, lawmakers could hear more about doubling the gas tax, They can focus in on proposals to legalize sports betting and hear about more agency budget requests. Meanwhile, hundreds of gun owners are expected to fill the Capitol for Illinois Gun Owner Lobby Day, or iGold. We'll be there on the ground to bring you the very latest, the Illinois State Capitol. This has been Illinois in Focus. Find more stories and commentary online at ilnews.org. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop.